Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. So today, we take a trip to Marlboro country, where men are men. Lots of cowboys ride around. You relax at the end of a day by having a nice smoke of... Wait, this doesn't seem right for the show. We don't smoke anything other than beers here. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's a wine? And it's from Australia. Sure, cool. Let's go with that. So, uh, find yourself a nice bottle from down under and join us as we have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. How's it going, guys? <laughs> oh, it's been a... Yeah. <laughs> I'm dealing with the sinus infection. Oh, I'm sorry. Which has brought a lot of things into question. So it's like, oh, well, how did I get a sinus infection if everyone's following proper protocol for everything yeah That's because funny. your your allergies are filled with mucus and they stay in there for a while and then you end up yeah that's that's what i came to because i was like oh it's about this time last year that it happened to yeah. me yeah what why do i get one to two sinus infections a year improper mm -hmm. use of allergy medication <laughs> <That's> <laughs> by improper i mean not using it at all <laughs> but before the pressure like the sinus pressure set in to you know signify it's exactly what was going on just when i had a dry ass throat and i was having problems sleeping and my nose started running and i was getting a little tickle and coughing every now and then i was like oh god no and like i was literally about to call and set up an appointment to go get tested and then it felt like i got punched in the face and i get the pressure behind my eyes and in my nose was so terrible and i was like nope <laughs> definitely not a symptom of uh of the current plague it is uh just seasonal Sinus infection. The worst sinus infection I had kicked in while I was driving all night from Boston. <sighs> Literally driving down the road and could feel my whole face just suddenly go from normal to just my whole sinus cavity just went snot. <laughs> and your head's the size of a balloon trying to float out of the roof of the car. <laughs> and I'm just driving. I go, oh, cool. <laughs> Let's yeah. see how long this goes. And then I, you know, got home at six in the morning, did a shot of NyQuil and slept for 12 hours. That'd be nice. I wish NyQuil had that any effect on me whatsoever. I've just, uh, that had less to do with the NyQuil and more with the fact that I drove, you know, I had drove all night. Yeah. Well, I, if I could sleep through the night, that'd be great. But my blood pressure medication combined with the fact that I always tell Brittany when this happens, I was like, I want you to get me some Sudafed. 
I don't want that stuff sitting out on the shelf. I want the stuff people make meth with. <laughs> you know, behind the counter. And she usually gets, she'll get something from behind the counter. It's always store brand. But this time, I don't know what she got, like super concentrate, concentrated stuff. And it's like. She got like you two, meth. <laughs> pretty much in tablet form. Because there's only like two sleeves and only five uh, pills per tablet. And I just, it is just like, do not exceed more than one in a 24 hour period. Chris, what she actually got you is black tar heroin. You're supposed to cook <laughs> the uh, cook the tablet inside of a, a, a weird mesh of like foil, and then. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would explain a few things because I finally <laughs> read the rest of the label for what I've been taking today, and it says, "Oh, tablet may not fully dissolve. Do not be alarmed if you find it in your stool." And that's <laughs> what I'm like. Well, that answers some questions and calms some nerves. Okay. <laughs> He's like, when did I eat buttons? (laughs) (laughs) But no, you can find that medicine with my blood pressure medicine. And I've not really been sleeping a lot because I've just been peeing all night. (laughs) Uh, Snoring super loud. (laughs) I was waiting for Chris to go. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't snore. No, no. I I used to snore awful and I guess it went away or maybe i started snoring worse you i don't sn- know <laughs> you snore too i don't <laughs> i was gonna yeah. say like she grew accustomed to your snore she rolls and she snores. Full, went she full snores at lady. me <laughs> like she faces me when we sleep and like snores at me i at least face the ceiling or the wall uh, from the ceiling to the wall <laughs> God. <sighs> yeah but otherwise it's been fun times uh Dealing with a toddler who's just who's also sick. Yeah, he's he's also got sinus stuff. He's got allergies. His nose bad. is just like the, the snotting is going on. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, I mean, yeah, it's it's just been fun times, you know, just getting through the week and uh, <laughs> oh, happy uh, it's yeah. the weekend. How about Everybody's you? He's working for it. Uh, <laughs> I bizarrely have some time off they managed Ooh, to beg borrow and steal off. some some people so i'm uh <laughs> uh i i'm taking a little bit of a break it's the first vacation i've had first va- use of my vacation time since new year's that's bananas uh so uh, i'm off for a few days so that'll be nice i i sp- uh, spent one of them basically just like oh my roommate got Ghost of Tsushima. We're playing video games today. Yeah, <laughs> the whole I time know. going, I feel like these Mongols should already be gone by now. <laughs> where was the divine wind? <sighs> I miss days like that. Not of the divine wind, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't know. You, you miss watching <laughs> Mongols just get, get their ships crushed <laughs> into terrible storms. <sighs> I miss yeah, having. Just, you, yeah, I, the last time I was able to do that, I was the Spanish Armada. You you were pretty <laughs> excited then, but it, it just wasn't quite the same. <laughs> exactly. No, the, like it was. It was before Emmett, yeah. even because work was has gotten crazy. But it was uh, when Fallout Four, Four came out, like launch day. I mm-hmm. took two days off work. And I just, all I did for two days was sit in, at the time, we had an entire room that was just mm. the, the the computer room. 
and I just sat in there and played Fallout for two days straight, and it was great. Yeah, I missed that. That was like what five years ago. <laughs> it's it it is it has been de-stressing. I'll say that. Oh, I bet I miss WoW. <laughs> I sometimes miss WoW, but then I also remember that no one else I know is playing WoW, so it it helps. It helps me not. It helps me not relapse. Yeah, yeah I get on that addiction tra- train. Meanwhile, I've got to sit here with uh, Hearthstone Harriet. Yeah, <laughs> daring me to get back on the H every day. Oh, you should play again. I'm just like, <laughs> Look, like Hearth- that's all I need is a quick app game right now. Like that would just that would hit hit all the high points that I need in a quick fashion. It'd be quick and dirty. I could do it in a bathroom, and we'd be done. And I ride that high the rest of the day. Hearthstone used to be, well, I mean, it was my Magic the Gathering methadone. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's face it, it is cheaper than Magic the Gathering. I I've gone to a completely free to play method. I I will not pay for cards or anything anymore. Like it's strictly like uh, I use the gold that I earn in game to to buy cards, and that's it. I mean, I could do that, but then I want to be good. <laughs> hey, I'm getting through. <laughs> and I gotta, I gotta work that ladder when I play. And I, I no, you know what? We gotta move on. Let's get to the show because I cannot talk about that game without having like a small itch. Just like, mm. I'm a collectible card addict, and I, I want to make that deck. I want to make that mid range deck that just wipes the floor with people. And the new expansion just came out. Um, you shut your. <laughs> uh, but no. So one last thing. We are also willing it to be fall. It's that time of year. So we did decorate for fall today and made <laughs> like gonna, cookies. Gonna, gonna say, you're not succeeding. It's like 80 degrees. No, no. <laughs> we're, we're not succeeding in the outside, but we're going to have, we, we, the apartment has turned into now like this nice fall haven. <laughs> it's like, oh, you come in from the disgusting weather and you're like, oh, okay. Look, it's been a bit of a year. We're we're this close to just saying, F it, let's put the, uh, let's put the old tree up and call it a year. Seriously. Let's just get this thing over with. But uh, yeah, I think we're just going to go ahead and be bypassing uh, untapped badges for a while because there aren't really any. Like they yeah. spring them on you last second. There was an IPA day badge that by the time this comes out, you can't get. Yeah, it, it was. It was like, oh, two days, and that's it. It's not as I imagine, easy to find them now. Imagine they've like their interns are, you know, quarantined and they're getting sporadic updates. Like you should type this in. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Remember, as we reported on before, it's mostly free labor. Mm. It's people working. There's a, there's a like, different word for that. It's not nice. <laughs> Not legal. <laughs> I'm just saying that you just, go there a lot of unpaid people who do a lot of their work. But I'm anyway, uh, speaking of unpaid people who do a lot of the work, uh, we also have a news show. And on on this week's on this week's episode, uh, we had we had a few fun topics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had uh, uh, <laughs> Buffalo Wild Trace. New. I when you typed that in after the fact, I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> all right." <laughs> yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings is making a making a bourbon. Yeah. It's too busy asking if they <laughs> if they could. They yada yada yada. You know. Well, you you could also uh, go for the hundred dollar six pack of fat tire. It's making a point. 
Yeah, that, that, that point is, we're not buying fat tire that day. <laughs> right. Nobody needs to uh, get diacetyl for a hundred dollars. And uh, well, you know, you could also get the eighty-year-old uh, bottle of scotch that was found in a shipwreck. A little pricey. A little pricey. Probably. Yeah. Probably out of our price range. But you need to. Uh, you definitely need to go to Oscar Blues's website and make sure you get that uh, mustard beer chaser for the 80 year old Scotch. I feel like to drink that mustard beer, you need to be in a full mustard gas mask. <laughs> no, we, we we've narrowed it down. You got to filter it through that, you know, that bulb at the bottom. Just like, okay, hold you got to go get the, you got to go get the Christian Moraline, uh Glyers Geta lager. Then you got to get the urban artifact pickle Gosa. And then go get the French's mustard wheat ale from Oscar Blues. It's got to be like a weird ratio, right? Like you got to do like, you know, one getta to to like, you know, one quarter part uh, uh, pickle to like one sixteenth mustard. Yeah, something like that. Or just no mustard. I mean. Pour it down the toilet. All right. We need to get to the topic. Been up that trunk. Sneaky bastards. Been up that trunk. Been up that trunk. Been up that trunk. I mean, maybe we will be. It's a wine episode. It's yet I've paid I've paid more for weaker weaker alcohol before. Look, it's no like it, wine's always like, oh, this is Oh, I don't care for that. And then you're like, you see the ABVs on it. And you're like, oh, oh, yeah. my. What's well, also like, oh, it's. It's like, oh, it's wine. Like, this is like ten dollars, a ten dollars a bottle. Man, that's a lot cheaper than I was expecting to <laughs> to get, get, you know, come out of the liquor store. with. Oh, oh, it's it's wine. That's why it gets even more dangerous when it's in cans. More on that. <laughs> You know, shotgun your wine. Look, I've been considering it. That said, I don't Here. think you can. I don't think there's enough bubbles. You'd have to shotgun your champagne. No, no, there in they, this there is. They do make <sighs> a sparkling rose. Although <laughs> I'm just waiting for for that's that's how you need to celebrate, right? Like at at, at a wedding, at a, at a redneck <laughs> wedding. Cans of wine, you cans of <laughs> just shotgunning in at the God. To the to the groom, to the groom, to the, <laughs> to the bride, bride, bride. Okay, it's uh, enough Hamilton. Anyway, the <laughs> no, we're talking about the Marlboro Wine Region, uh, which is by far New Zealand's largest, uh, acca- uh, accounting for three quarters of the wa- country's wine production. Sorry, I said Australia in the intro. I got them confused. <laughs> I mean. It's accounting for three quarters of the country's wine uh, production, 70% of the vineyards in the area, and 85% of its wine wine exports. So it's kind of a big deal there. Yeah. Because uh, so New Zealand has how many wine regions? What was it, like five or something? But it's just like, no, the Marlboro regions. The that's like that's all anybody wants. <laughs> it's it's where flavor country is. Apparently. <laughs> Uh, Marlboro wine uh, region is located in the eastern coast of New Zealand's South Island uh, and is the leading wine producer in the country, but it's only been making wine during the last half century. 
And it wasn't until the mid-1970s that Sauvignon Blanc grape, for which the region has received worldwide acclaim, was even planted. Uh, you know, I don't remember seeing any Sauvignon Blanc in Lord of the Rings. And I thought that was a pretty exhaustive <laughs> study of New Zealand. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, uh, unlike other fantasy series, uh, Tolkien wasn't really focused <laughs> on Ooh. on wine that they were drinking there. I guess it's also to say something about the world that they had created. So Did Middle Earth. Drink what, beer? Yeah, it's all ale and things like that. It's not it's a truly a better world. It wasn't a like there were luxuries, but they weren't extravagant luxuries. Although I don't know, I, I bet you, I bet you some of those those elves were drinking wines. They were snooty mm. enough. Yeah. Hobbit, however, those hobbits and the, the men and Brill, <clears throat> those are the kind of people you could have a beer with. Well, so it is in uh, in the Hobbit, uh, the dwarves do dig up a cask of wine while they're at Bilbo's. Well, you know, and offer it to Gandalf. I, considering Tolkien's idea of who the dwarves were and the parallels he was making with them, I'm not touching that topic. So let's uh, move away from Manischewitz and let's uh, let's get back to the back to the topic. Anyway, the Marlborough region is the uh, wine region, the largest producer in New Zealand. Is the only, uh, but only a generation or two ago, the region was barely producing any wine at all. Uh, though evidence of grapevines in the area date back to the 1870s, it wasn't for almost another century that uh, viticulturalists began uh, planting grapes and cultivating them for wine production. Uh, early settlers in the Marlboro region planted vines as early as the 1870s. A small block of uh, brown muscat. Yes. I just wanted to make sure I didn't say muskrat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, was planted in 1873 by David Hurd, but in 1931, his son pulled up the last of the vines, and no others were recorded in the region for the next 40 years. <laughs> Just like pulls them up, and they're like, "Screw this, no need yeah. grapes. <laughs> Bring in the barley and the malt." Uh, we'll get in later as to why they're like kind of what might hint at the reasons for this. Uh, well, commercial. Uh, Commercial winemaking began in earnest only in uh, 1973. The first large-scale vineyard were pla uh, planted by Montana Wines. Uh, I don't know why I wanted to say that like a like a big new Montana. Song. No, I was going to try to say like a big bopper song, like like no. a Chantilly Lace, <laughs> Montana Wines. I like the way you're going with it. Sure. Uh, at the time, New Zealand's largest producer, which is now. Uh, uh, Brancott Estate, which is owned, owned by. by... <laughs> let's let's have a guess. Bernard Ricard. Is it Ricard or Rashad? Rashad. Oh, okay. Uh, I was also just like waiting to hear Picard. So, yeah. Okay, uh, uh, that name you might uh, know comes up in a few of our wine episodes. <laughs> it does, and a few of our other episodes, and a whole episode by itself. <laughs> well, although wine has been made in New Zealand since the 19th century, the modern wine industry uh, wasn't born until the 1970s. The first Sauvignon Blanc was made by Montana uh, in the, uh, 1973. The winery looked to expand beyond its Hawke's Bay vineyards in Northern, I uh, Northern Ireland by planting 
2,900 acres of vines in the then unheralded Marlboro region on the northern tip of the South Island, northeast tip of the South Island. Uh, Montana recognized the potential of Marlboro's climate, long warm days, and cool, cool nights. Uh, and you have to take a drag there. Cool, cool nights. Uh, acidity uh, enhancing maritime influence and minimal rainfall at harvest and rain and free draining soil. I'm not quite sure what free draining soil is. Is that like you know free range chickens? And we'll we'll get to that also in a little bit. Like these things come back up. A lot of things get a lot of seeds are getting planted now and will be brought oh. to fruition later. Are they? Are they, and then are we going to stomp on them and take the juices and put them in barrels and Possibly. age them for much like this, long enough to turn them into something good? The whole next segment kind of falls into that, but it's something we've mentioned before. All right. Well, meanwhile. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> sorry, my my first thought was Hamilton, but I was trying to think of what the next words were. Uh, it's about James Madison, but <laughs> uh, by the way, Hamilton has not left my head for a solid like. When did it come come on Disney Plus? Like July, 3rd? so like a solid month. Uh, March two hundred and second. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, 1975, Daniel Lebrun, uh, a champagne maker, immigrated to New Zealand to begin producing Method Traditionnel in Marlboro. Kind of a big deal. Uh, so I think it's appropriate. We remind everyone, including ourselves, because I had kind of forgotten a little bit about Method Traditionnel. Well, Method Traditionnel is the process used in the Champagne region of France to produce. Champagne. Uh, it is the method used in various French regions to produce sparkling wines, which are not called champagne. Uh, in Spain, to produce cava. In Portugal, to produce espumante. And Italy, to produce Franciacorta. Franciacorta. Thank you. I just stopped and looked at it and I went, yep, nope, nope rain <laughs> shut down. Yeah, sorry, Bob. Uh, uh, this is just kind of how it fell. You're fine. Uh, the method known as method champonnaise, but uh, is now known anyway. Uh, but the Champagne region uh, has produced has successfully lobbied the European Union to restrict the use of that term to within the EU only to produce wines in Champagne. Thus, wine from elsewhere cannot use the term method de champonnaise in products sold in the EU, and instead, uh, instead the term traditional method or method traditionnel, uh, or the local language equivalent. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> and it goes on to give you how to say it Every in, in all these other languages. Okay, I, I, not... I do love the difference in the Romance languages and and German because it's like <laughs> meto, meto traditional and uh, from Spain and Portugal, metodo classico or uh, metodo traditional in Italy and in Germany. Klassische <laughs> There are definitely yeah. some uh, umlauts in there, and yeah, it's like I'm just, I'm just saying that if uh, if someone said Flaubrucha to that a horse to that to that wine, they just neighs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
South Af- uh, African wine from the Western Cape are also la- labeled with the term Method Cap Classic. Look, are you, are you getting the picture that it's yeah, like it's a, a big thing. deal? It's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Some wine producers in countries outside the EU may disregard the EU label uh, labeling laws and use Method uh, de Champonais or even Champagne on labels for products not exported to the EU. But its usage is decreasing because pedantic jerks like me <laughs> are just not having it anymore. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, would you like some Cobel champagne? No, no, I do not want their sparkling wine. <laughs> I said champagne, it needs to be French. So that's that, that's just a again, plant and also the seed. get me a beer instead. <laughs> that's just to plant the seed that's going to come back to some things going on in New Zealand. So wineries in the Marlborough region were producing outstanding Sauvignon Blanc by the early 1980s. And in 1985, the Sauvignon Blanc from Cloud Bay Vineyards finally garnered international attention and critical acclaim for New Zealand wine. Kiwis, Kiwis finally making good. (laughs) At the time, Sauvignon Blanc was still overshadowed by varieties like Muller Thurgau. Hey, it's not just me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's the whole episode. It always is. Oh, yeah. Especially as soon as we start talking wine, we're just going to be fumbling all over our tongues. Chan Blanc. And Chan Blanc. Uh, Marlboro's more commonly planted varieties. But then two major events in the mid-1980s altered the course of New Zealand's wine-growing future. Okay, hold on. Well, it's New Zealand, so it cannot be a phylaxera outbreak, <laughs> right? Because that well, was like, that's like, like 90% of wine history just ends right there and then starts over so you say <laughs> the first, it, it's <laughs> the first occurred when due to a wine glut the new zealand government paid growers to rip up their vines many oh. used the cash to uproot their less desirable varieties and replace them with more profitable ones like sauvignon blanc the okay, second well, event i mean at least at least that's it but again no way there's another there's another phylaxera outbreak that's that that happened in like turn to the 20th century in europe never gonna happen again we're fine second event was an outbreak of phylaxera you're god <laughs> made it to new zealand just took it a little while <laughs> they, well, like, they, they didn't swim <laughs> i guess well this dealt a blow no no what's like at the same time, people were ripping up vines for uh, unrelated, like they're decreasing the amount of plants in the area and the, the phylaxera comes in. But I guess what they were ripping up was, pro- was probably going to be resistant to it. <laughs> That's like probably the. Probably. So while this dealt a blow to the industry, it gave growers another opportunity to replace their old varieties with the likes of Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay. Uh, this time on phylaxera tolerant restock root or rootstock. Uh, Marlboro was established in 2018. They were restocking. <laughs> yeah. Rootstock. So here we're coming around we're with some down. things. Marlboro was established in 2018 as a New Zealand geographical indication under new legislation. In the same year, several Marlboro wineries formed Appalachian Marlboro wine to further protect the integrity and quality standards of Marlboro wines through certification process. I just, well, I just really would love to see the legislation that says, welcome to flavor country. <laughs> so it's like 2018. Also, I'm pretty sure that's just like a, like a that's a, a, a Mandela effect for us. Cause I'm pretty yeah. sure it's just Marlboro country. They don't call it 
because there's yeah. flavor town and then yeah, there's marlboro country thing. yeah yeah we okay. we added the country so uh to qualify wines must be made entirely from sustainably grown grapes from marlboro that is apparently a huge part of it like they are all about everything wine related has to be sustainable there hmm. uh that has to comply with cropping rates set annually and be bottled in new zealand Marlboro also hosts significant production of Method Traditionale sparkling wine made from Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Wait, Sufficient... wait hold on. Uh, I told sparkling... you it was coming back. No, 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 no. There's a sparkling Pinot Noir? Apparently from New Zealand. Can, I'm just saying, can you picture a bubbly red wine? <laughs> yeah, I'd drink it. I would drink it like now. I prefer red to white. Uh, sufficient to attract investment from large champagne producers, Mum, Dutz, Moat, and I don't know any of these. So, yeah, uh, which now owns Cloud Bay and uh, Viv. I don't. I don't know any of We're these. Sorry, I've never. I've never even come across these names in research. Click what? Other. Yeah. In 2013, several Marlboro producers established Method Marlboro, <laughs> they, a collective like they, they made their own standard. The, yeah, they put a, a cigarette on the grapevine. <laughs> a collaborative organization to standardize and promote the brand, both domestically and internationally. So that was the reason I wanted to add the thing there about the traditional method. Traditional, they basically just made their own for the Marlboro region. Like they were just like, no, our wines are so distinct and how we're doing things is producing such a great product that, that like, they just like, no, we've got our own traditional now. I'm, I'm willing to bet that it's almost the exact same as method traditional, except that everything's locally sourced. A am I just sniffing out that we need to do a method traditional episode to where we're tracking down all the different, Probably variations of it just to see what's the difference. Yeah. We could do that. It's, it's a topic idea. <laughs> it's not a terrible idea. All right. Well, uh, some other uh, things planted earlier that are coming back now. Yes. Distinct contrast is the key when discussing the Marlboro wine region's agriculture in both the soil and the climate. With the mountains to the west and water to the east, the area gets a lot of sun. How much? The town mountains of... to the west of me. <laughs> the water Blenheim? to the east, here I am, drunk in the middle with you. Yep. Um, uh, has the most sunshine of any place in New Zealand, coupled with low average rainfalls. The warm, sunny summer days, with a pleasant seasonal average temperature of 75 degrees Fahrenheit, give way to cool nights. For... It's like for, for sunny days, Jason, the God. wine away. So we watch a lot of Sesame Street. Uh, As this, well you should. This day, night Your contrast. child needs to grow up on the streets. He is on the hard food truck filled streets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, this day-night contrast makes a perfect environment for the grapes. It enhances the grapes' acidity and flavors and gives them better color. It the does take them to flavor country. Sounds like it, yeah. Can of wine. Uh, uh, that's the nice, crisp sound of a can of wine opening. God, I wish I could have had a can of wine. <laughs> uh, the soils of the Wairau Plain and Awater Valley? 
Sure. Are traditionally poor for growing. They aren't very fertile and are full of stones and sand. However, <laughs> one person's trash is another person's, or in this case, grapes, treasure. This quickly draining shallow soil is ideal for grapes and their vines, which thrive in growing conditions that would cause many pleather plants to wither. So it just made me think, uh, and I know this is like us going back to like, oh, that's what they mean by, by you know, quick draining. But uh, just just like the, the soil's not good for growing. So the vineyard fell down, burnt into the, you know, oh, that vineyard oh. burnt down. Next vineyard, sunk into the swamp. Third vineyard, <laughs> fell over, caught fire, then sunk into the swamp. But the fourth vineyard, the fourth vineyard stayed. You know, we just need to have a viewing thing um, with Dress to Kill, like a viewing party. Well, that's just, that's like, uh, that's Holy Grail. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I mean, it could have gone either way. It's still <laughs> British, and it's still very informative to all of our... <laughs> to everything. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, meanwhile, in Kaikoura, uh, the area near the coast, the soils are much more chalky and full of sandy limestone from the sea. It's a bit cooler here, but the area gets a tad more sun than the Wairau Plain or Awater Valley, allowing the grapes to ripen slowly and evenly. Now, uh, some <laughs> styles for this region. In some regions, one wine is the clear leader. Other areas produce seemingly everything and anything, making it tough to pick a winner. New Zealand's Marlborough re wine region falls somewhere in between. There are about five quality wines within the region, so you have a few to choose from. However, Sauvignon Blanc is the definite winner. It takes Sauvignon up 65 65% of the region's production and is inarguably the, cost, the cause for Marlborough's leadership and fame in New Zealand's wine production. The Sauvignon Blanc of Marlborough, good lord, is easy, easily characterized by its distinctive qualities, which make it a bit unlike any other Sauvignon Blanc you might find from another country or region. It's known as having a piercing citric quality and electrifying edge. Uh, this white wine doesn't need to be aged. In fact, its intensity is best enjoyed right after production, as aging can dull what makes it unique. That's why many wineries in Marlborough use screw caps instead of corks. This increasingly popular technique is often used with the region Sauvignon Blanc. A cork could change its flavor and cause it to lose its forceful, bold flavors. So yeah, that's okay. when we were going through things and it was like, oh, this is canned. Why is that? And then Justin was commenting that yeah. he got a bottle and it has a screw cap. And, you know, we're not used to that with wines. Yeah. And that, uh, I'm, research... I'm more used to it than, than than others, but that's mostly due just to, to having to deal with a lot of cheap wine. But yeah. <laughs> research, though, it's like, hey, because you're not supposed to age it. You're not supposed. It's supposed to be fresh. Yeah. Um, so the region's generally fruity wines also include Pinot Noir, um, which is about 13% of the production. Chardonnay, about 10%. Riesling. Uh, about four percent, and Pinot Gris, Pinot Gris, is it Pinot Grigio? That was Pinot Grigio. Is that a brand? I don't know. Oh, don't know. Um, Pinot Gris, uh, approximately two percent of the production. Um, so, yeah, everything is definitely pales in comparison to the Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, the late bloomer winemaking region is quickly taking the the wine world by storm. 
If you like an in-your-face wine, you'll certainly want to check out Marlboro's famed Sauvignon Blanc. Which, hey, spoiler alert, that's what we're doing. Ah. <laughs> Drink with me, friend. Sorry, I, I went to... the perfect time. <laughs> yeah, I figured out uh, uh, Pinot Grigio is uh, Italian, usually dry with brilliantly, brilliant acidity and a bitter almond note. Pinot Gris is uh, French. And oh. fleshy, more uncutis, uncutis, and the faint honey notes. Okay, then. Went to Wine Folly to find out. Constantly learning things. Oh, that's a good site. It, it, thanks, I Wine mean, Folly. Thanks, Wine Folly. The more you know, the more you drink. <laughs> yeah. The more you drink, the less you know. <laughs> so uh, I think it was Circle. pre-show. Was it pre-show back in the... for the back in news? the good old days. Back in the old, no, back for the news episode. I was talking about... So this is our first Fourier into canned wine. Canned, so, canned wine. But you can get this wine in also bottles, which is what Justin did. I did. Uh, mostly because I couldn't find cans. Uh, cans would have probably been cheaper. But for uh, twice the cost, I have more <laughs> wine to throw away. That's, that was like five fifty a can. It was like 10 uh, bucks for... So yeah, That's still not a bad... Well, know, he got bad. more, so he got a better deal for more wine, because I'm sure he got more than 12 ounces. That's true. So he, he came out better for, like, price for what you were getting, but it's like, is he going to drink the whole bottle? Probably not. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You could make a, a nice salad dressing with it. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what a thing mentioning, like, key lime, and I'm like, man. I wonder what happened if I like reduced this and then put it on like pie. That's what I'm saying. Like you can use that in something. I'm sure. Um, yeah. So. Uh, Ooh. Okay. Never mind. I'm getting cooking <laughs> ideas. So just, let's go ahead. I. I. I it's fine. Exactly. No. This seems like this would be a good cooking line. Anyway. Uh, so the one that we're all talking about because we haven't actually said <laughs> what this is, uh, although there has been uh, imagery. So cupcake is the brand. Cupcake Vineyards. And I wish it was actual cupcakes. I know. I kind of want, I was like, I, but I, why doesn't it taste like cupcake? Uh, <laughs> cupcake Vineyards, Sauvignon Blanc, uh, white wine, 13% on the ABV, which is, you know, whatever. Uh, obviously, Marlboro. Um, so the description from their website, from the cupcake website. A vibrant, crisp wine that comes from vineyards in the South Island of New Zealand, where the cool growing season allows the grapes to mature slowly and gain character and complexity. Flavors of Meyer lemon, white nectarine, and key lime integrate with subtle hints of grapefruit, gooseberry, and citrus, culminating into a long, balanced finish. Pair with oysters on the half shell, creamy lobster risotto, or a picnic in the park. Or chip and dip <laughs> so we didn't get into that before uh when justin just cracked his open and finally ha he had some right after having a beer what did it taste like tasted like a ranch dip <laughs> and i think i think i know what it is it's the acidity and it has a similar thing of because like ranch dip has a different flavor than like ranch dressing yeah, because mm -hmm. ranch dip has that like thicker whatever, and it's it's it's, it's got like a tang to it. Yeah, it's it's that tang is what I, it is what I'm thinking is so similar to it. 
can see that. So um, it's 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 a sweet acid, which is what I think of with ranch dip, like on the aftertaste. So I had one earlier because we were like, oh, I was like, oh, I got two cans. I was, I'm feeling sick. I was like, there's no way I'm drinking a whole can later tonight. It's like, so I'm going to try and do it like get a decent picture of, you know, a glass and the pictures were terrible. So I've got new ideas. You know, we had to drink it because it was poured. So I, I drank it. she drank most of it. I had a few sips. I did not care for it. Having it now. I actually like it. Like having it this cold, like I just opened it. You all heard me open it on here before I opened it, drug it outside. It sat in the sun, kind of warmed up and brought it back in and finally had a few sips of it. I was like, no. And now that I'm having it like cold and fresh out of the can, it's so weird to say. <laughs> it's the whole thing. Like buying wine in a can makes you feel like an alcoholic. You, you like you when you're, especially it, when you're checking out with two cans of wine, you feel like they're judging you. It's just like, well, like I a, swear I, I don't need a brown bag for these. I, Come on. Yeah. I don't even know if it's necessarily that, the, that you feel like an alcoholic, but you do feel judged because yeah, like a bottle of wine. Oh, that's, that's classy. That's Standard. you're, you're having something with dinner. A if can of are, wine. Really? <laughs> it's just like when you're getting small amounts of very specific things, it just feels <laughs> weird. Like we talked about this before We're going through the checkout with, two airplane bottles of beef eater strawberry gin. You feel like you're getting judged. Very specific. Two cans of, of white wine. You feel judged. An entire shopping cart overflowing with beer and whiskey. It's what the store's here for. It's, it's yeah, Everyone's cheering you on. Like, I mean, they're going to pat you on the back as you go out the door. They're going to drape you in the American flag as you walk out that walk out that door. National treasure, but no, so, uh, having this cold and fresh, I like it. it is like their description. I'm just like, no, that, that actually kind of hits. And, and white wine, it's like, you're supposed to serve it quite chilled, right? Like yeah. Okay. You, so. you, you keep white wine chilled. Usually gotcha. mine's warmed up a little bit as the show's gone on. It's still not warm, but it's, it's right. It's heating up. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a little bit, but you know, it's a little different, but it's, I will say after I kind of washed, the uh the beer off my tongue yeah uh uh it, it it got you know a little bit a little bit easier to drink but i st there is still like a certain acidity that I'm, I'm picking up on it so oh yeah definitely um well because they when they mentioned specifically like the uh the meyer lemon which is different than just like a normal lemon taste and then the key lime and i'm like yeah i can i can see that um that combination which kind of also brings about that tartness but uh I'm just thinking like, so I, I, I'm liking it, but also I really would love to have this with like fish, like just yeah. some, some grilled fish or, or well, you're supposed yeah. to have white wine with fish. True. I'd love like, to have this like lobster with butter sauce. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like just thinking though, roll. like, like cooking this with fish, mm -hmm. I'm like hungry. fry up, fry up some fish and then like, like, you know, I don't know if this is about fry, but you add this to like a, a, a fish you're cooking like on a on a skillet or something yeah yeah i'm thinking you know just get smashed <laughs> on a bottle of this while you're while you're cooking some fish way, you know because you know because you know, whenever you're adding stuff you put your thumb over it to like kind of drizzle what you want and then you just take your thumb off and, and then <laughs> that's how you make take your thumb off you and tip it up and 
Yeah. You shotgun the can. Or, you know, you, you decide you want a nice, like, char on it. You pour it into your mouth, and then you, like, take a lighter, <laughs> and then you... <laughs> yes, I don't think this has enough to really do that, but... Right. Uh, that's but yeah, that's I, when I go over to my whiskey for some of my bottle of Bond stuff. I'm then you go, sure full, that if I... go full Gene Simmons with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Detroit I... Rock City starts playing. <laughs> And people are asking why you're wearing a cape and like <laughs> giant studded boots while you're cooking. You're like, you don't? <laughs> well, I just imagine that. Like, 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 Detroit Rock City starts playing, and everyone knows, like, I don't even have music on. There's not a speaker in here. But okay, so we all seem like we're in agreement that it's it's not a bad wine, I guess. It's. I don't love it, but. You know, I, I'll say this. I like, uh, uh, what was the last one we had that we actually liked? Chianti. Uh, I like Chianti better. That's fair. And and that could be a red versus white preference, too. I don't think it is. <laughs> You're just like, I just really don't like red. Uh, I don't like a lot of red wines. Oh, that's weird. Okay. But you like the Chianti. Yeah. Um, I'm still weird that I'm coming in going, canned wine. I guess it's okay. I mean, it, at least for this, sense. it's supposed to be fresh. And that, that I feel like that's yeah. probably even better than mine. Because mine, I thought it was, like, this is the 2018. Uh, Yours oh. is probably fresher than mine is. Um, I wonder if that's affecting your, I mean, probably not because it's wine. But, like, but let's say, check the canned on date. <laughs> I'd say I wonder if it's affecting your. Um, November 26, 2019. Okay, so it's pretty, pretty fresh. Right? About a year. Yeah, I would say, like, this is, that. that's the year that they did yeah. their stuff yeah. on so yeah i'd say they were probably in the ballpark of each other but mine's probably a little bit older and, but it's also been exposed to like light yeah, mm, the, gla- yeah. the glass bottle thing, yours so. is not that's true that's a very good point um yeah i think that i mean that may be affecting what you're getting out of it basically um but also yeah i think okay we can at least all agree about the food thing in that this would be great with either both drinking with something like fish or putting it in with the fish either way i feel like so not not trying to push buttons here i feel like the canned version of this would be good for certain chain restaurants to have to pair because i think the fact that it'd be in a can just kind of doesn't try to oversell the restaurant i'd have I'd have loved to have had this when I was bartending in cans <laughs> and just going like, all right, we need a glass of wine. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> just mess with people. Yeah, it's fantastic. But no, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but um, the God, it was one of the all tech uh, beer fests that we were at. I don't remember either of those. <laughs> there was there was a lot of drinking um but one of them i think it was the one where actually like we had like so many of our friends there too um but there was a booth some kind of local restaurant that had lobster rolls yes oh yeah yeah i know the Which, restaurant it, yeah oh, okay yeah so those were delicious and i like if i had that with this perfection i, I know the one that, that you're oh, talking you about the, the lobster roll we had like five years ago oh that was delicious well because i I don't really get lobster rolls often. So. I know the one you're talking about. I've never had lobster rolls. Okay. So it it was good. <laughs> All right. Well, um, speaking of lobster rolls. Uh, yeah. 
Speaking of lobster rolls, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com or follow us at uh, Have a Drink Show on social media and at twitch.tv. You can also tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Tell us what you think about, uh, you know, New Zealand wine. In this case, uh, Savignon Blanc. Uh, you can use a, a feedback page on the website, or if I didn't say it, the address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Pretty sure I did, but who knows? Safety. All joking and fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly, even though it's in these nice portable cans. Be stationary while you're enjoying it. Yes. All right. Well, you can check us out another couple of weeks for the next live episode. And remember to check out not only patreon.com slash have a drink show, but, you know, if you want some uh, shirts, stickers, phone cases, whatever, uh, have a drink store.com also another great way to support the show and once again i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier and i'm christopher walker i will see you guys next time bye bye Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>